Welcome to Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Murata, host of the program, and it is show number 168. I can't believe it when I say those numbers. 168, happy to be with you, happy to be live here on Facebook, uh, a member, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network and Voicehead Radio Canada, and all of our friends watching, listening, uh, really excited to be back, and I'm super pumped about today's guest. I am rentally, uh, ready. I am mentally ready. Uh, we are going to meet Brian Kane. Brian Kane's an expert. He is a, uh, an energetic guy. He's a, he's a friend of Dr. Gilbert's. He's a disciple, uh, and I'm really looking forward to him. He is a mental performance coach, a former educator, but he's still an educator now. He's an author. He's a podcaster. He's got a ton of stuff going on. And we have a tight window. We got a little more than 30 minutes, so we're going to maximize that uh, with Brian Kane. We'll meet him in just a moment. Thank you for tuning in. As always, leave us a question or comment uh, here on the show. And I do want to thank today's sponsor, the Leadership Publishing Team, uh, my friend Dan Spanauer in North Carolina. Check out his great work. I'm definitely going to get a couple of those journals to uh, Brian. I think it'll fit right into the work that he's doing. Uh, but check them out at the uh, Leadership Publishing Team. Dot com and use discount code Murata20 for your discount. The Coaching and Leadership Journal by Dan Spanauer. Certainly grateful for his friendship uh, and his journal. So let's get rolling, everybody. It's June 1st. It is the Tuesday after Labor uh, Memorial Day weekend after Memorial Day. Thank you uh, and blessing to all of our, our military out there uh, who are uh, you know being certainly remembered on Memorial Day and for those active military service people. We appreciate you, uh, certainly here in our country. Um, but it's also time, if you're a hotline caller, it is time for the seven C's. That's right. If you're a success hotline caller, our friend Dr. Gilbert, seven C's, I am going. I, I need it. I need it for the summer to uh, keep me dialed in. No cake, cookies, candy, chocolate, chips, cola. How many fingers is that? I think that's six. And complaining about it. Seven is the complaining. I'm going to give up all those things for the summer. We're going to, we're going to shut those down, uh, get more focused on my health, uh, and, and, and just being uh, dialed in for the summer. So that's the seven C challenge. Uh, and as Dr. Gilbert said on the hotline today, the train is just leaving. Just left yesterday, so it's not too late to get on the train. Seven Cs, go for it. Next topic here to kick us off, because I'm going to ask Brian this question, and Dr. Gilbert uh, has talked about it on the hotline, but how do you be your best when it matters the most, right? We are coming down the stretch of the school year. Different places have already ended, but we have principals that are giving graduation speeches. We have uh, ceremonies that are going on, and you got to be at your best, right? People want to listen to you, uh, and you're up there on stage, hundreds of people listening to your speech, some of the bigger schools, thousands and you've got to be at your best. So how do you be at your best when it matters most? I have a few tricks that I do, some things that I do, but I am going to pose that question to Brian. So grab your pen and uh, uh, get ready for or to meet Brian Kane here. Let's bring him in. Enough of me talking. Uh, let's bring him in live here in the program. And bam, there he is. Yeah. Brian, welcome, welcome to the program. Andrew, thanks for having me, man. I feel like I'm talking to uh, to a long lost brother here. You know, I mean, both being a success hotline aficionado since I first heard Dr. Gilbert speak. Oh man, it was 
2000, I remember clear as day, right? They say that the power of one day, like as Gilbert always says, one day, one book, one speaker, one seminar can completely change the trajectory of your life. And for me, that's happened twice. July 4th, 2000, I came across a book, Heads Up Baseball at a Barnes and Noble in Boston, Massachusetts. I was a college baseball player. That book written by a guy named Ken Revisa. Uh, I sent them an email and said, Hey, I want to be a college baseball coach. This book hit me in a way talking about the mental game of baseball, controlling the things that you can control, being in control of yourself before you can control your performance, going one pitch at a time, instead of trying to always focus on the outcome, right? Those concepts hit me in a way that I had never heard before. I sent them an email. Next thing I know, I'm a grad student at Cal State Fullerton, studying under him, watching him work with the Angels, UCLA, Long Beach, Fullerton. He was like the godfather of sports psychology. And Andrew, when he passed away in 2018, I have a tattoo of Ken Revisa's face on my heart. And my goal is to carry the torch that he lit inside of me. The second day that completely changed the trajectory of my life, March 2006. I'm a high school athletic director, assistant principal teacher in the state of Vermont. We have a student athlete leadership conference at the Sheridan in Burlington, Vermont and walking on stage comes Dr. Rob Gilbert. 90 minutes later, my hand is cramped. I can't take any more notes. And afterwards I basically sprinted to tackle the guy to go, I want to do this. How do I do more of this? You are like the second Ken Revisa and Rob Gilbert. If you've seen him speak before in person, Rob Gilbert, you can't take your eyes off him. You know, cause you don't know, is he going to, is he going to do a magic trick? Is he going to show a video? Is he going to say something that can change your life in the moment with giving you a strategy? He's less a speaker to me than he is a strategist. Mm. And I think the thing about Rob Gilbert, he's a, he's a mental performance strategist. I want to be a mental performance strategist to help you and your listeners here to close the gap from where they are to where they want to be. See, we all have this gap, a gap of where I'm at, where I want to go. How am I going to get there? Strategy is the key, right? As Gilbert always says, a plus S plus G O Y A equals R it's ability plus strategy plus get off of your anatomy equals results. And that's the thing I think that, that is so exciting is the strategy that we get to share today. And when I, I'm so pumped, man, when I read your book, the strategies that are inside of this book, Hey, where was this when I was a high school assistant principal in AD, man, <laughs> this book is incredible. It should be required reading for every student in education. Incredible. You're on fire, Brian. <laughs> God, this is Brian Kane, and you can see the energy he brings and, and, and just the passion for trying to help others. Brian, oh, my God, what a, what an opening. <laughs> well, I'm so excited, man. I'm excited to be here. I've been looking forward to this on my calendar. You know, you talked about how do you be at your best when it means the most. Talk One, I, I, I went for a run before this, right, because I feel like if you want to wake up your brain, it happens through moving your feet. The second thing I did is what you're doing right there. I smashed a cup of coffee. I put some ice in the coffee so I could drink mm. it faster, mm. you know, because if I because <laughs> I want to get a little caffeine bump, too much caffeine, though, you get a little out of control. But I think for me, when I want to be at my best, I come back to exercise. I want to master what I call the four fundamentals of optimal living. And as an administrator, I weighed at one point, Andrew, and I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed, but at the same token, excited to share this with you. I was 240 pounds with a 44-inch waist, and I weighed in this morning at 182 with a 32-inch waist. And it was simply because of the daily decisions that I was making just went in the wrong direction, right? So 60 pounds later, somebody who couldn't run a mile in, in, in 2019, I ran a 100-mile ultramarathon in 29 and a half hours. I'm here to share with you that it is completely strategy. You can be, have, do absolutely anything you want if you have the right strategy. And in education, if you can share that with your students and you can model that for your students because your students need a model to see as much as they need a motto to say.
They need to see that model in you. Then you're not teaching science, math, history. You're teaching people. And when you teach people based off of your modeling of your behavior, people see a model that they can do anything. That's what can revisit. That's what Rob Gilbert did for me was I said, that's what it looks like, man. That's what I want to do. But I think to be at your best, when we look at the fundamentals, I call it the four fundamentals of optimal living, eat, move, mindset, sleep. So when I have something important to do towards the end of the year in that school year grind, and I, I do a lot of, of um, commencement speeches now, which is super fun. And I always will have a routine that I follow where I make sure I'm getting enough sleep. I make sure I'm eating the right way. I make sure I move my body is my, probably my most important thing because if I want to be energetic, I got to energize myself and you do that through exercise, right? And then the last thing is my mindset. And my go-to strategy for mindset is success hotline. I've called almost every day since 2006. I love it, Brian. I love it. <laughs> and I'm with you on that life changing. What made you get off your anatomy though? You heard Gilbert. Mm. You, you said, this is what I want to do. Yeah. You were working in a school. You were overweight. What, what made you make the change? Well, you know, before, so, so my life works in school years, right? So 2003 and four, well, let me go back. 2002 and three is my last year of grad school. I'm assistant baseball coach, call it volunteer assistant coach at Cal State Fullerton. We go to the college world series. We beat Stanford. We, we beat LSU. We beat Stanford and we're wow. one game away from playing for the national championship. Stanford comes back and beats us twice. Hmm. I'm sitting on a curb outside of Rosenblatt stadium, Omaha, Nebraska, bawling, because I got $900 to my name. I got no job. I just graduated. And the only thing I have is a backpack and a flight back to Vermont from California. And I'm like, what am I going to do? I wanted to be a college baseball coach. I got the yips. The yips are a thing where you like, I, I, I could, I can't play catch. I can't throw batting practice, right? You see him in putting, you see him in throwing Steve Sachs, you know, in New York Yankees second baseman. So I'm like, I can't be a college baseball coach. Cause I'm going to be like the young guy on the staff and I can't throw batting practice. Cause I got the yips. Like, what am I going to do? So if I want to stay in baseball, I had to figure out like mental game was my path. I'm sitting on that curb and I get a phone call from a guy named Troy parody. Troy was a phys ed teacher at Champlain Valley Union High School in Vermont, where I did my undergrad at the University of Vermont. I did my student teaching in Vermont high school phys ed. And Troy used to work at the Vermont hockey games doing the public address announcing. Mm. And I would, I would play the music and run the scoreboard and do the whole thing. So him and I sat next to each other for like four years. Yeah. And he called to say, hey, Brian, I'm super excited, man, to, to have seen you in Omaha on TV. We were watching, but I'm sorry that you guys lost. Hey, we just had a phys ed job open up. Are you interested? I said, I'll be there tomorrow. Wow. So I, we, I interview, luckily I get the job. I think I'm teaching phys ed. Next thing you know, I'm teaching health, right? So I show up day one and they're like, oh yeah, you're teaching health. I'm like, what? You might as well have been having me teaching Spanish, you know? So, <laughs> so I do the long, long unit, the long unit on mental performance and time management, right? And mindset in, 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 um, in the health unit, right? I cut the sex, the sex ed and the drugs and alcohol piece pretty short. Cause that was a little bit, I wasn't trained to do that, you know, but I, but the mental performance piece, that was really good. So it was interesting because every morning I would go watch a teacher teach and mm. she would teach, she would teach the lesson. And then I would walk yeah. down the hall and I would teach it four times. And I got really good at playing follow the leader, watching someone del deliver a, a class, then going to duplicate the class. And I thought, well, if I can do this for health. I can sure do this for sports psychology. I just watched Ken Revisa, who's the godfather of sports psychology. Literally in 2018, when he passed away, New York Times headline, the godfather of sports psychology, Ken wow. Revisa passes away. Wow. I'm like, so I can go do that. So Fullerton wins the national championship in 2004, one year after I'm gone. Their pitching coach goes to UC Irvine. 
He starts bringing me out to Irvine. That summer, he's on the Team USA baseball staff with the coach at TCU and the coach at Vanderbilt. Mm. My first three teams in college consulting, UC Irvine, Vanderbilt, TCU. Mm. 2007, Vanderbilt's number one in the country. They got a pitcher named David Price, who's won a Cy Young. TCU goes to a super regional for the first time ever. They got a pitcher named Jake Arrieta, who's won a Cy Young. And UC Irvine finishes third in the country, going to Omaha for the first time. So I'm in the right place at the right time. There's an element of luck that comes into this. So as I start doing the sports psychology work, working as an athletic director now, uh, and I'm traveling maybe 30 to 40 weekends a year, um, really supportive administrative staff. And they were like, Brian, look, if you can get out of here on a Friday night and you're back in the office for Monday, we'll cover the weekend events. Cause when you go work with these universities, you're bringing back a ton of value and strategies that we can use. Right. So, but I can tell you the, the other day that changed my life. My mentor at the University of Vermont was a guy named Declan Connolly. He was an Irish exercise physiologist, and, he's, and he would always call me Mr. Kane. Mr. Kane, you know, one of these days when you're that athletic director up there at North Country High School, I'm going to come up there and I want to work with your coaches and athletes. I'll even speak to your parents because now I'm a parent. I've got some kids. I got some things to say about the youth sports scene. So I said, Declan, come on up, man. He goes, he goes I'll have you speak this, to kick off the fall. And he goes, well, I'm going to bring my bike up there because you got this lake, Mem for Magog. It's a great bike ride. So I hope you've been riding. And I'm going, oh, man, I don't even own a bike. So I go find a bike to prepare for this ride that, you know, my professor and mentor from the University of Vermont's coming up to do this ride before we speak to our, our coaches, athletes, and parents. Andrew, we make it about three miles around this 50-mile lake, and I'm done. <laughs> he, I don't even see him anymore. He turns around. He comes back. And he says, Mr. Kane. Look at yourself. He goes, you're not the athlete that you were at Vermont. He goes, you, you're working with all these elite athletes. You got college baseball national champions. You're working with George St. Pierre, the UFC world champion up in Montreal. He goes, they're going to laugh you out of the room. He goes, you got to look the part. He said, mm. leaders aren't fat. You got to get your together. And that changed my life because he told me the truth. And it's like, don't go to the doctor that smokes. Don't go to the poor financial planner. And don't, don't sign up for a class with a teacher who doesn't live what they teach. And he was absolutely right. So I, I, I said, well, what doc, I need some strategy, man. I just, I, I'm stuck on the computer all day. I'm a young administrator. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm getting dominated. I need help. And he's like, well, you're going to start eating on the odds. You're going to eat 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Every two hours, small amounts of food throughout the day. He goes, mm -hmm. and you're going to exercise every morning when you wake up before you go in the office and you're not going to eat after 7 p.m. He goes, start that and we'll see what happens. I did that for about two years until I got down to about 200 pounds. And then, and then from 200 to 180 was giving up alcohol. I signed up for an Ironman triathlon without owning a bike and not knowing how to swim 100 days from a full Ironman. And I was like, looks like I got to figure it out. So I hired a meal service. I hired an assistant. And this is now in 2016. So I'm an entrepreneur working for myself at the time. And I just basically cleaned up everything in my lifestyle from eliminating bad food, eliminating alcohol, exercising at a high level for Ironmans every day. And the weight came down and I did that race at about 185. And I've just felt like I got so much better energy. My body's not sore. I can move around. Uh, and I feel like most importantly is I'm embodying and living what I'm trying to teach other people to try to do. And I always go back to people need a model to see and a motto to say. So wow. I feel like, you know, to be a mental performance coach and work and have the privilege, and it's a privilege to be with you today. It's a privilege to coach. Like I got 30 minute blocks from 6am to 9pm tonight with, with 
10-year-old Little League baseball players to literally Corbin Burns, who might be the best pitcher in Major League Baseball with the Milwaukee Brewers right now, to Florida State Softball, who's playing in the World Series this week uh, in, in Oklahoma City, to TCU and East Carolina Baseball that are starting their NCAA Regional this weekend. So it's it's like to, to athletic directors that are leading an athletic department of coaches down in Texas. So it's all across the board. And to be able to have the opportunity, Andrew, as you know it is, the, 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 the privilege to coach, the privilege to teach, to be entrusted with developing and helping these people develop the mindset that they need to close the gap from where they are to where they want to be, I take that very seriously. Yeah. And for me to not be at my best, I'm not giving anybody my B game. They're not going to get my B game. I did that for too long thinking it was my A game. And now that I know what my A game really is, I'm not going backwards. This is motivating stuff, Brian. You are living it. Let me ask you, Brian, you know, as we're getting older, right? I'm 45 now. I feel you about looking the part, acting the part. Um, is it is it the food? Is it the working out? Give me the percentage of, of what it is because I, I, I've heard a few numbers. You're a pro and you've done it. Is it 50-50? Is it, is it 75% what you eat, 25 working out? What would you say to that question? I'd say it's 100% of all of them. And when you're doing them, be all in, meaning have, have a nutrition plan that you stick to. For me, it's eating on the odds, 7, 9, 11, 1, 3, 5, 7. Because as a teacher, as an administrator, I don't, I'm not going to take an hour to eat. Like I got to eat and get on to the next thing. I got to eat and serve the next person. I got to eat and put out the next fire. I got to eat in my case and do the next thing to keep moving the ball forward. Right. Yeah, so yeah. I might go to dinner with my wife as a date night a couple of times a week, but the rest of the time I'm grazing. And what grazing does for me is speeds up the metabolism, saves me time and keeps the energy high. So the, I, I've I, what I would say is create a process for all of them and turn your life over to that process. So my process for eating is eat on the odds seven to seven. My process for sleeping is get in bed at 830, get up at 530 with a half an hour variance. So anytime between eight and nine and mm. between like call it five and six, it's probably more like 430 and 530. I have a hard time sleeping past 530. I wish I could. But then for exercise, I call it sweat before screens. Get up and sweat and work out before I get in front of a computer or on my phone, because once mm. I do that, my day gets blown up and it's over and I don't get it back. So eat on the odds, 8.30 to 5.30, sweat before screens. And from a mindset standpoint, I have a journal that I do in the morning. So I'm excited to hear about the journal that you, that you were talking about earlier is uh, I call it Savers. And it comes from a book called The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. Mm. And the acronym Savers, S, silence. So I do a short five-minute Peloton app Peloton from the bike meditation, or I'll do the calm app meditation, silence, mm. a affirmation. I'll write things down. Like I control what I can control and let go of what I can't. I, I am a living energy and force for building other people to be the best they can be. You know, things like I carry myself with confidence and energy. I'm here to serve on a daily basis. So things like that, I'll write down to affirm who I want to be. The V of savers is visualize. I'll visualize how I want my day to go. How it's the energy I want to give across in this podcast. If I'm playing golf, what are my shots going to look like? And how am I going to be more? How am I, how's my self-control going to be on the course? Um, you know, so I'll visualize things that are important that I want to, that I want to perform at that day. The E is exercise. The R is read. And for my reading every day is I'll go through and I'll read Ryan Holiday's Daily Stoic. Uh, I'll read it and, and I'll, you know, I'll read that every day and I'll do a little journal reflection on it. I just feel like stoicism is the belief and the philosophy that the only meaning in life there is, is the meaning that you give to things. And mm. I found that, I found that to be really, really impactful and powerful yeah. for me. And then the last S is describe and journal. So when I journal, 
in the, the, in the morning, I call success hotline and I take notes on what Dr. Gilbert talks about. And I, I, I will say that 80% of what I probably teach and speak about comes directly from success hotline. I mean, I'm, there's yeah. no, I, 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 I share success hotline with everyone I talk to every seminar I do every team I consult with since 2006, cause it's had that kind of impact. So to go back to your question, what percentage is it? The percentage is 100% consistency. Don't miss a day. If you're consistent with a nutrition plan, if you're consistent with a sleeping plan, if you're consistent with a body movement plan, you're going to get the results that you're looking for. Granted, your plan aligns with where you want to go. I mean, you can go on to YouTube right now or go on to the internet and type in any question and find the answer. But sure. as Gilbert always says, right, it's the start that stops most people. So you can find the plan, but the hard part is working the plan and put it into play. And here's the strategy I found that's worked best for me for doing that. It's called the success checklist. Okay. The success checklist. There's an app on your phone that's called way of life and way of life. Uh, let's see if I can show it looks like this. Boom. So here's the success checklist, right? So I make these different ideas of what I want to do. So I'll have on there, you know, did I weigh 180 that day? Did I get 90% of sleep? Did I write my success journal? Did I do my mobility? Did I lift? Mm. Did I do cardio? Did I call success online? So I have it and I track it. And by tracking it, it increases my awareness and awareness is the first step to all growth. So if I want to get better at anything, standing at the door to my classroom and when people are walking in, I want to high five them. I want to knuckle them. I want to say, welcome to the show, baby. Glad you're here. I'm going to put that in my, my success checklist to make sure I do it. Because if you understand what I call the four step goal formula, you can be, have, and do anything. Here's what it comes down to. Step one is set your intention. My intention is I want to sweat before screens, work out in the morning. My intention is I want to be at the door and meet people when they're coming in. I started doing that as a teacher. I do it now as a consultant. I'll get there an hour ahead of a speaking engagement. I'll stand at the yeah. door and I'll greet everybody as they come walking in. They got no idea who I am, but I'll <laughs> greet them all. And I wear all black except for today's call. You caught me coming off a run, so I'm in green. But I'll wear all black. So they often think I'm working at the hotel. Oh, where's the bathroom? Hey, can, I, can we get some water? It's classic, right? <laughs> I love it. So, so number one is set your intention. Number two is schedule it schedule when you're going to take action. So for me, sweat before screens is when I wake up in the morning, standing at the door to meet my students when they come in is, is at the start of the class and the end of the class. So set your intention Two is schedule it. Three is measure it. This is where the success checklist checklist comes in. Mm. Okay. I taught five classes today. Was I five for five? Was I three for five? Was I two for five? Was I over for five? How many times did I do what I said I was going to do? Cause that's the hardest part. I think Andrew is for people to follow through and do what they said they're going to do. That's the hardest part. So you only way you can do that is if you're measuring your behaviors and if they align with what your goals are. And then step four is reflect and refocus. So reflect and refocus goes back to success hotline, start, stop, continue. I look at my week. I look at my success checklist for the week. Here's last week. And I'll say, okay, based off of my behaviors last week, what is it I need to start, stop and continue for this week? Reflect on that, refocus for this week and let's go forward and, and, and work, win the next week. Brian, this is incredible. You clearly are an awesome at what you do, and I, I, I'm pumped up. Let me let me ask you about describing. You know, yep. looking at, at your work, what you're doing, the writing, um, fantastic. And you recently had an experience where you were a caddy on the PGA Tour, and you wrote yeah. about it. Yeah, share share us that story. Share some of the things you learned there. Uh, that was an awesome uh, thing you did there. Man, well, let's re let's rewind it about two years. Okay, so so. 
I'm at Cal State Fullerton. I went to school there. I'm working with their baseball softball team. They introduced me to their golf coach. I get asked a lot, like, hey, how do you get clients? Do good work with the clients you have and they'll refer you to other people. So I'm having success with the baseball softball team. Baseball coach is friends with a golf coach. I start working with a golf coach. I'm not even playing golf. I don't know the difference between a three wood and a three iron, right? And they look different. And (laughs) as I'm working with him for like two years, he goes, man, you work with baseball players, you work with MMA fighters, like, our guys like it because you're not just a golf guy. Like you, you bring in examples of Kyler Murray or George St. Pierre or whoever. And he's like, but if you want to be really good, you got to be more of a golf guy. Like you got to start playing because you'll understand it better. And I'm like, okay, I totally get that. I can accept that if I'm going to work in golf, I need to get better at understanding the sport. Every sport has a culture. And the cool part about me being a high school athletic director was I got to see every sport because I would go to those events. So as I'm at those events, after getting the event set up and all that, I'm going, well, how would I work this mental game into volleyball? field hockey, lacrosse, ice hockey, wrestling, golf, soccer, football, baseball, basketball, softball, right? So you kind of see all of it. And I'm, and I'm working with those teams as a high school AD. So it was like my playground to try things for mental performance. So I said, well, coach, I'll, I'll get into the mental game of golf. I mean, I'll, I'll get into playing golf so I can be better with your team with the mental game. But why don't you send my wife and I a set of clubs? He's like, no problem. Three days later, two sets of clubs show up on my door in Scottsdale, Arizona. Wow. So I'm like, well, I guess we got to get a lesson. So we went and started doing lessons. And then about a week later, my wife and I are two lessons deep. A week later, I can't hit the ball in the air. Everything's going right. I'm a baseball player, right? Everything's going right. Two weeks later, I'm at Marquette and I'm working there with their basketball teams in the summer. Whoa, Joe's the coach Whoa, there. At the time. Good, yeah. And I'm working with their golf team and their golf coach goes, Kaner, what are you doing next week? Summer trying to get, trying to hit the ball straight. What are you doing coach? He goes, Hey, we're going to Scotland. Do you want to come? Come on. Yeah, bro. Come I, on. I go to Scotland with the golf team. They had, a, they had a booster who got sick and couldn't make it. So I go with them and I, my, Andrew, my first 10 rounds of 18 holes are in Scotland. I mean, I didn't appreciate it at the time. I don't think as much as I would now. Cause I wasn't as into golf back then. I'm like, Oh, cool trip to Europe. Let's go. Yeah. And like sitting there at St. Andrews, I couldn't play St. Andrews because my handicap was too high, but walking that course, playing Carnoustie, Royal Dornick, all these other amazing courses. And I was completely hooked, completely hooked, right? As they say, if you want to speak Spanish, go live in, go live in Mexico or Spain yeah, for a year. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. want, you want to get into golf, go to Scotland for five days, man. You can't get enough. So I come back, the pandemic hits and I'm, I'm used to traveling 250, 280 days a year. And we live in Scottsdale, Arizona. So I'm here now. So we start traveling and we're doing some trail running and stuff like that. And we go to a place called Pace in Arizona, 90 minutes Northeast of Scottsdale. It's not the desert. It's 6,000 feet of elevation and it makes you mm. think you're in, you're in Vermont. I had no mm. idea it was like that. So we go up there. I fall in love with the place. Next thing you know, they got, I find this golf course. It's like hidden called Chaparral Pines. I go in, fall in love with the place. Next thing you know, we, we get a second house in Chaparral Pines golf course. I start moving. I move up there basically during the pandemic. I play every day. Next thing you know, one of my buddies who was an assistant at Marquette, who's in Scotland, this is the story. He's an assistant at Marquette in Scotland. He takes the assistant job at Stanford who had just won the previous two national championships. While he's at Stanford, they get a call from this PGA golfer's dad going, Hey, um, you know, I know coach and we, we kind of worked a little bit together and my kid's looking for somebody to work with in the mental game. Who do you know? And they're like, Oh, we got a guy, Brian Kane. The golfer lives in Arizona. So next thing you know, he comes back from the tour last like November, December, comes up to the house. We hit it off great. And he has a tournament in Vegas and he's like, Hey man, 
um, I'm going to be in Vegas. You want to come out? And I'm like, I'll come out and caddy for you. And he's like, great, let's do it. Because for me, like when I was working with George St. Pierre, the UFC fighter, I'd go to the gym and watch him train. I'd be in the locker room with him before the fight. I'd walk to the cage with him because I want to get the whole experience so that I can better relate to what he's going through and I can better coach him through that. So I'm caddying out there at the corn Ferry event, which is like triple a for, for PGA. And I'm getting dominated. I mean, day one and day two, right? You, you play and then you make the cut if you're in like the top 65 in ties. So my guy's ranked number 150 on the money list. We're playing with a guy who's number one, Steven Yeager. And we're playing with a guy who's number five, Paul Banjon. From And next thing, those guys are going to the PGA tour. They're getting their cards. They're gone. Those two guys don't make the cut. My guy does for the first mm. time. He was, he was 0 for 3 on making cuts. He makes the cut. So what's the thing I learned? The margin for error is small. Yeah. The importance of process is massive. You've got to stay in control of yourself if you want to control your performance. And you have very little control of what goes on around you. The wind that day was unbelievable. I mean, the wind is blowing putts off the green. I've never seen anything like it. Hadn't seen those, those guys hadn't seen much like it either. It was out in the middle of, the, of Vegas. And but how you handle adversity was massive. And I think the guy that I was with, and maybe because I was there, and that's what we had talked about for the last six months leading up to it or four months leading up to it, is just hey. It's going to hit the fan. It's going to get hard. E plus R equals L. There's going to be bad events. We're going to miss shots. Other guys are going to chip in for, for a birdie when we thought they might have made a break and even. He's like, it's not the event. It's our response to the event that's going to influence the outcome. So let's keep picking big time responses. Let's keep picking responses that are above the line, not below the line. Above the line, what's our next best decision? And I must have asked him 30 times each day, what's our next best decision? What's our next best decision? What's our next best move? Because if you ask yourself that question, what's my next best move? What's my next best decision? You're always brought back to the present moment. And I think that's where the magic happens in teaching, in athletics, and in life is what I call the three Ps. Be in the present, be where your feet are, have a process that you can use to be consistent, and then let's stay positive and focus on what we want to do, not what we're trying to avoid. And if I can be in the present, I can have a process, and I can stay positive moving forward, no matter what the adversity is, no matter what the challenge is, I'm going to position myself to get the results I'm looking for. Incredible here, Brian. So then you have this experience. In your morning sessions, you come back. When do you put pencil to paper and say, hey, let me write this down so I can share it out? So, so, so the, the, uh, you know, I lived with them for the entire week. So we got out there, we drove out there together on Monday, you know, practice round Monday. And then I'm like, Hey, if we're going to go one shot at a time, we're going one shot at a time. We're going to the gun range. I never even held a gun. He's like, we're in. So in Vegas, you can go to this place and like shoot bazookas and eight. I mean, you can shoot, you can shoot rocket launcher. It's all indoors. Right. So, so I go and I'm like, let's practice one shot at a time. I'm sitting there holding this Uzi, like shaking going, what am I doing right now? But, but and he was the same way. But the thing was like, we, I wanted to, I wanted to get him uncomfortable as much as we could so that he would be comfortable on the course when it got uncomfortable. Cause one of the keys is you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So, so how do you do that? Well, one was, Hey, let's go have a competition so you can shoot this Uzi that we've never touched before better. Right. It was classic. And, uh, so that was one of the things that we did. There's a couple other ones I probably can't talk about much, but, but the, uh, you know, the, the experience of going out there and being with him for the week. And then, um, you know, at night when we'd come home, we would always debrief and I would go through the debrief using a technique I picked up from Kobe Bryant called well, better. How it's okay. Mm -hmm. Based off the round today, what went well? Based off the round today, what do we want to do better? Based off the off of that, how are we going to do it better? And we would talk about it. And then I would I'd go out and I would run. And I was running. I said, I'm going to run 10 miles a day while I'm here. I did it six out of the seven days. I missed one day. And as I was out running, 
I would process what did I learn today? And my my runs take a while because I walk a lot because I'm I'm taking notes on my phone. It's like my download time. And I would I then saved those notes and then I came back and I finally had a break in the action maybe two weeks ago to go back through those notes and go, I'm gonna turn this into an article. Because I think there's so much goodness there that I wanted to share around you know, just, just the importance of process. Like we started a routine two and a half hours before he teed off. We would meet in the living room at the house and we would have this routine we would go through, including meditation, soft tissue work, stretching, um, the drive over to the course, what he would do at the course. It was all scripted and mapped out. Yeah. And the cool part about it was while we were there in Vegas, the masters was going on. Oh, wow. And a guy named Will Zalatoris finished second. Well, Will Zalatoris started the season on the Corn Ferry the weekend before. So the weekend before was the Masters. Zalatoris finished his second. That Wednesday before the Corn Ferry event, I happened to have a podcast scheduled with a guy named Scott Fawcett, who happens to be Will Zalatoris's coach. So Zalatoris has finished second in the Masters on Sunday. Three days later on Wednesday, I'm doing a podcast with with Scott Fawcett, Will Zalatoris's coach, and he's talking about Will's mental game and what he's doing. And I'm like, I'm caddying tomorrow, and this guy's <laughs> giving me the keys to the car, man. Right? So I'm sitting there jotting down all these notes, and they go, we got to do this, we got to do this, we got to do this. And then I went and shared it with with the guy I was working with, and he goes, Hey, man, whatever you want to do, let's go. Wow. So we implemented some of that stuff, and you know, it was it was a amazing experience. But I would say when I say I got dominated was the set the second two days we were in a twosome. And he would hit, start walking. I'd pick up the bag and man, I had all I could do to keep up with him. And if I'll put this in perspective for you, we played 70, what? 18, 32, no, 36, 72 holes of golf. Is that right? My math is right. Yeah, four, four days of yeah, 18. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 72 holes of golf. You know how many times I pulled the, the pin out on the green? Once. That's how dominated I was getting. 72 holes. I was the last guy to the green, running up the course, raking traps. I mean, I got dominated. It was so fun. <laughs> It was so fun, Brian. We could go all day. We might have to have a, a marathon here, but I, I, you know, I know we got to get you out on a schedule. I want to come down the stretch with you. Can we? Yeah, yeah. Can we get, save me two minutes for rapid fire here because uh, I know you got to go. move on to your next. The, I got to pause a second. This was incredible. You, I'm so energized. I'm so enthused, and I've I've struggled here, pandemic, end of the school year, and you you got me back on track, and I'm 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 pumped up to. Uh, uh, Get back to the exercise and get back to it. So yeah. thank you. Likewise, man. Hey, the secret of success is hidden in the routines of our daily lives, right? Create That's the right. routine, execute it over time, and then that overnight success, 10 years later, you go, I guess it's an overnight success. Yeah. Cool. Brian, these are rapid fire questions. Let's go. Uh, real, you know, Boom. Quick answer, and then we'll get you on because, again, I admire your tight schedule. Here we go. You mentioned a few books already. What's the last book you read? Extreme Ownership, Jocko Willink. Ooh, I hear a lot about that book. You, you like that? I like concepts of it. Yeah. The one I, every time I'm reading a book, I go mining for one concept, one idea that I can apply. And the one thing that he said I thought was great is he said, there's no such thing as bad teams, just bad leaders. Mm. And he gives an example in there that I thought was tremendous. So I won't ruin it for you, but it's a good one. Last movie you saw. Oh, dude. Can we throw documentaries in there? Cause I don't watch Absolutely. TV. The last documentary I watched was on uh, HBO called The Art of Coaching, Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. Highly, highly recommend it for people in education, leadership, and coaching. But I, do, I, don't wa I stopped watching TV once I became an entrepreneur because it cost me too much money to watch TV. I hear you, bro. And the documentaries are great. And those, Tremendous. Yeah, cool. You've traveled all over. You said over 250 days a year. Uh, you know, a place you like to go. Where's where somewhere it's like, oh, my God, I love this place? Aruba. All day, every day. Aranjastad, Aruba. Take me there tomorrow. 
Is that vacation or are you still working there? Well, I mean, it's the same thing, right? When you love what you do, it's the same. It's, it's, I call it a workcation, man. You know, I'm over there. I'm over there on vacation. But what am I doing on vacation? Doing what I love to do, which I guess you could call work. I love it. Favorite music? Mm, favorite music, man. Whatever's getting me in the moment, it goes from DJ Tiesto to Five Finger Death Punch to Kygo to everything in between, man. It's just I, I'm it's all I'm all over the place. But if I had one day in one concert, I'd be going Metallica all day. Whoa, okay, yeah. bringing it. Uh, you you mentioned a bunch of your passions, things that drive you. What's something that gets under your skin, Brian? What's a pet peeve? Lack of accountability, lack of follow through scheduling a meeting and people don't show up because they're not organized nor respectful enough of themselves in your time to follow through. Amen, no, excuse, no excuse for that. Amen. Your logo. Tell me about your logo. B and a C. See the B here? Yeah. And then we got a C and there's a mountain going this way, but it's also a triangle. And I'm not sure what the triangle represents yet, but I'm working on it. But the BC mountain logo, I used to be called Brian Kane Peak Performance. And so there was the mountain and then uh, a guy who's one of my business coaches is like, dude, no one knows what peak performance is. What is that? He's like, what you do is mental performance training. He's like, people will understand that. So love that's it. where we're at. I love it. Saturday morning, 8 a.m., I feel, fill in the blank. <laughs> Ready to attack this workout I'm doing, right? So whether so 8 a.m. for the last six years, I've either been – I've either been on a bike and a pool doing a run or probably playing golf. So it's one of those four things. Public speaking is fill in the button. What I would do if I had three days left to live. Public speaking. If I had three one days left to live, one, one would be at a Metallica concert. And one, hopefully the last one would be on stage serving people, taking the torch that Ken Revisa has lit in me, that Rob Gilbert has ignited in me and passing that on to as many people as possible. Amen, brother. Uh, biggest myth about being a successful athlete is that it's all on, that it's all based on talent. Mm. And they all got talent. Every successful athlete, every professional athlete has talent. It's not a talent game. It's a strategy game. And if you you want to listen to one podcast, Andrew, that's one of the best I've ever done is, is Corbin Burns, pitcher with the Milwaukee Brewers, 2019. He's got an eight ERA. He's a starter for the Brewers, gets sent down to the minor leagues, ends up, ends up the, the Brewers send him out to Arizona to come out to their pitching lab to work on his mechanics. His agent calls me and goes, would you meet with this guy? He goes, he's got all the ability in the world. He's never had anybody work with him on the mental game. Um, I think you could help him. He comes to the house. We start working together, and he's one of the best students I've ever had. He's a guy that's accountable. He's a guy that will follow through. He pays attention to detail. He's respectful. He does everything you'd ask him to do. And 2020, he finishes sixth in the Cy Young. One of my highlights of my career is I got my wife and I got invited to go to his wedding uh, during the pandemic. And this year, you know, he just set a Major League Baseball record for striking out the first 58 guys that he faced before he gave up a walk. And then two days later, his goal was broken by Garrett Cole, who struck out 61 before he gave out a, gave up a walk. Wow. But Corbin Corbin Burns is a pitcher who will win a Cy Young Award in Major League Baseball. And if you go to briancane.com and click on articles, you'll be able to find our podcast. And Andrew, if you want to hear the arguably the best pitcher in baseball, talk about a lot of the same things we were from a mental performance standpoint yeah, and how, yeah. how mental performance and mental toughness is trained and coached, you'll be able to hear, hear it from him. It's tremendous. One of the best I've ever done. You're on fire, bro. Something about Brian Kane that people do not know about. Hmm. Good one. I'm obsessed with French Bulldogs. 
Uh, I, got, I got, I got two. Yeah, I got two. I'm uh, obsessed with them. Um, they're not runners, though, right? How, how oh, no, no, they're, they're 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 my lazy outlet, man. They're the ones <laughs> that just like the color. You got to have that outlet, right? <laughs> something something about me, people don't know. Man, I mean, I'm an open book. People know, people know a lot. Um, I would say, man, I don't know. That's a good one. I mean, I'd like, I'd like, I'd like to say that there's a lot, there's a lot more self doubt inside of this, than this potty and head that maybe people give, uh, or people notice. Cause I feel like I've learned how to work with that the right way. And I use self-doubt as, as fuel. Um, I don't have self-doubt on what I'm teaching. I think I just have self-doubt sometimes on, you know, <laughs> am I good enough to be on this podcast right now? Am I good enough to be in the seminar room in front of 5,000 people? But then I always go back and go, damn right. I am. You're damn you know, right you are. Damn right I am. And you play that game with yourself, right? So so I think that's yes. the yes. I think, you know, I think that's the one thing that that people on the outside that that maybe want to do want to be an athletic director, want to be a speaker, want to be an author, want to do an Ironman triathlon, want to run a hundred miles, you know, want to go work with the Heisman trophy winners and Cy Young Award winners and UFC fighters is they go, Well, that guy's got some special gift. I got no gifts. I got no gifts. I got trained talent and that is it. Trained skill and that is it. And you can be, have, and do anything you want if you put it, if you're willing to put in the time and you're willing to put in the suck and you're willing to put in the effort and you're willing to be embarrassed and you're willing to put yourself out there and take risks and you're willing to find mentors and ask questions, you can be, have, and do anything you want. It's not too late, but you better get started soon because it's the start to stop most people. And I'll tell you what, the bus ain't slowing down. And one day, pow, it comes to a screeching halt. And you would look back and say either I'm glad I did or I wish I had, man. And I'm not looking back saying I, I'm not looking back saying I wish I had. I'm look back and say I'm glad I did. Brian, this is killer, man. Best purchase under a hundred bucks that has had a great impact on your life. Mm. That's a good question. <laughs> Best purchase under a hundred bucks. It's had the biggest impact on my life. It doesn't have to be the biggest. A great, a great, a positive impact. Zoom. Yeah. And I say Zoom simply because it is how I connect to the world now during this pandemic. And a lot of people talk about getting Zoom fatigue. I got what's called Zoom energized, right? Like if it wasn't for Zoom, I don't know how I'd be coaching people. If it wasn't for Zoom, I don't know how I'd be seeing my family 3,000 miles away. If it wasn't for Zoom, I don't know how I would would be able to fill my cup every day by doing what I'm, what I love to do. So I think zoom is $20 a month and it connects me to people all over the world. So thank you for that. Amen. Probably save some travel for you too. Spend some oh, more time with save you. Some travel, help me shave yeah. some, some numbers off that handicap. Let's go. There you go. Uh, Brian, you have dropped so many quotes. If you're a success hotline caller, uh, I mean, they're all up in there. Can you give us a, can you end this uh, the show with one one that is you know I mean you mentioned that passion and you mentioned mm. being a tattoo there but a quote to end this with I think it's a poem and I heard it my my um, sophomore year of high school I'll see if I can pull it off off the top of my head it's called the man in the glass and it says mm. when you get what you want and your struggle for self and the world makes you king for a day just go to the mirror and look at yourself and see what that man has to say for it's not your father or mother or husband or wife upon whose judgment you must pass. The one whose verdict counts most in your life is the one staring back from the glass. 
You may fool the whole world on your pathway of years and get pats on the back as you pass, but your final reward will be heartache and tears if you've cheated the man in the glass. So don't cheat yourself. Go all in, double down on you, identify your four-step goal formula. What's your intention? Get it on your calendar, measure your behavior, reflect and refocus, ask yourself, what's my next best move and keep charging forward because someday that man in the glass is going to be gone. What's the legacy he's going to leave behind? Brian Kane, everybody, uh, this was fantastic. You can reach out to Brian here. Uh, his website is here, uh, is at, at Twitter. Uh, fantastic, Brian. Is that the best way for people to contact you? Is through the website? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just go to briankane.com, or if you want to, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Brian Kane Peak, and I'll I'll happy to share my email address. Right? I mean, I'm an educator. You're an educator, and we're trying to help educators get better at educating because that's the future of the world. So my email is brian at briankane.com. B R I A N C A I N. Brian, stay on the link a second. This was amazing. Guys, I'm at Andrew Morata 21. If I can help you, uh, I am definitely going to re-watch this, re-listen. I, I got three pages full of notes. I, I, this was unbelievable. Brian, I, keep inspiring. Keep at it. You're, you're amazing at what you do. Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> Likewise, brother. Likewise. This thing is dog-eared and torn to pieces, man. It's really, really good. I wish I had just found it eight years beforehand when I was still in public <laughs> education. Brian, hang, hang in the line a second. This is Brian Kane, everyone. We're going to sign off here on Education, Leadership, and Beyond, episode number 160. What was it? 168? 168. Brian Kane, everyone. Uh, give a shout out to our sponsor, the Coaching and Leadership Journal. He wants a timeout before we step away. Yeah, you want to know what's amazing about this being episode 168, Andrew? There's 168 hours in a week, and you got to assign every minute a task. So that just hit me when you said 168, because I call my schedule my 168. Assign every minute a task, right? You got 168 hours in a week. Don't spend them, invest them, and invest them, and you'll get a return. How about that? This is the, that, that was meant to be, man. Wild. Meant to be. Brian Kane, everyone. Brian, stay on the line. Thank you.